0: That would be a good way to start the episode. Welcome to This Guy Edits Podcast. Episode 4 of the podcast where we take a look at scenes in terms of the editing, see what they do right, see what they could be doing better because they're just icons and we know what we're talking about. <laughs> anyway, Tyler. Hey. How are you? I'm good. How are you doing? Good.
1: So Sven, you went to Lazy Pug this week and sat at a table called ask a guru in which anyone can show up and try to stump a guru i believe that's the challenge and you were one of the gurus this week was it And it's usually it's incredibly technical to the, for the ones i've been to but my real question is since i couldn't make it is did you get stumped what were the questions
0: was it da vinci related i did not get stumped because i avoided all the questions there were a tons of technical questions And then the host (laughs) of Lazy Puck gave me a pity question where he just asked me, oh, somebody online asked about your epic editing challenge. Can you talk about that? So I got like a a mercy (laughs) answer in there. I just wanted to explain what Lazy Puck is and why that is actually interesting for the listeners as well, even if you don't live in L.A. And it's basically a monthly user group meeting where all the people interested in post-production get together. They listen to some panel speakers. They can come upstage to announce themselves, what they're working on, who they're looking to collaborate with. There's a raffle. There's all kinds of networking going on. And that happens in all the major cities and probably in the smaller places as well, to some degree that there are some meetups of people interested in filmmaking. And it's definitely something that I really appreciate going to. It's something that I didn't really do at the beginning of my career, but now that I'm doing it, I get so much out of it, and I can highly recommend to go to that monthly meeting and just listen in and get comfortable, and it really is helpful when you're you need to reach out to people. Um, But no, all the questions in the audience, I wouldn't have been able to answer, but thank God I was with three other gentlemen who were super knowledgeable about stuff like LTO and server backing up and file organization they completely yeah. answered all the questions
1: yeah well also what we call that is stumped when you don't have answers to any of the questions
0: yeah but they didn't know because they weren't <laughs> directed to me directly but i probably won't be invited back i have the feeling
1: <laughs> maybe not as a as a guru for technical and software which is such a specific thing but that the di- the separation between creative and, and technical is a huge thing in editing that's often overlooked. Patrick came to my class, uh, who's another one of the gurus, Patrick Sutherland, and I explained that's what he did. And then any like casual question, the students asked just a normal question like, hey, so how would you get started? I would go, stumped, stumped, you stumped him. And he'd be like, I'm not stumped. <laughs> I'm not stumped. So that was fun. Yeah.
0: I visited one of Tyler's classes, and it was really amazing. I actually It inspired an episode on the channel, and it was really cool to see you play scenes in the class and look at very specific editing details that I wasn't even aware of. Well, thanks, Finn. You're welcome. Are you ready? Game of Thrones. Do you like games, little
1: man? Let's play a game. Yeah, so how did this come about, this idea...
0: We talked about it last week, Edit Fest. I was there. There was an editor there from Game of Thrones. His name was Tim Porter, and he showed the Battle of the Bastards. He didn't show the entire scene. We only looked at probably, like, seven minutes or so. And I was just blown away because I haven't seen any of the Game of Thrones later episodes. And just unbelievable. It's just, I mean, that's not television. That's not even theater. This is, like, epic, epic stuff. I was blown away.
1: Yeah, I have a whole a whole perspective on that that I will share maybe a little later. And are we watching the full scene or we're watching just a chunk of it?
0: I thought what we should do is I I looked around, I found one really good clip online and it's just the sort of the first third of the battle, so like the the calm before the storm and then as the battle starts. And that should really give us a good idea about a couple of things in terms of the editing, the storytelling. And then if we wanted to, and people are really interested, we can maybe do a follow-up episode and go back in and look at more of the actual battle.
1: Yeah, it seems like we're focusing more this episode on the build-up to the actual battle rather than the battle itself.
0: That's true. Tim Porter really talked about the, the actual battle, and I can throw in some fun facts about how that was shot and edited, like very specific turns in the battle.
1: The thing that's always interesting to me with action scenes is how a lot of times people separate action from story, right? You tell mm-hmm. someone, oh, it's a character-based movie. It's kind of like, uh, that's a different thing than being told, oh, it's an action movie, that's going to be a a different demographic. But the most successful movies, I feel like, blend those things seamlessly. And I feel like we saw that in the example with Spider-Man. I feel like we definitely see that uh, to some extent in in this. And also, everyone's like, oh, the good drama's on TV. But it also seems like the most innovative battle scenes (laughs) and fight scenes are on TV now, too. To me, if you compare this scene to the first 40 seconds of the <laughs> Transformers the last night <laughs> or the trailer for that. It's, it's, it's garbage, but there's clearly a much larger production value in it. Mm-hmm. And yet even working with smaller resources on something like this, I think it's interesting how much more effective it can be because I feel like they are writing every line. Look how intricate this is, just in terms of every single moment means something.
0: I'm basically not a huge action fan, but I'm an action fan when the action drives narrative. And I feel like with Battle of the Bastards, it's all about narrative. It's about characters making choices, facing obstacles, this immediate need to Mm -hmm. pursue these goals. Whenever you have that in a scene, you have drama. And whenever you have that in a battle scene, you have not just the spectacle of like, oh, look how amazing this is. It's about these characters sacrificing and trying to survive, trying to save somebody. That is really intriguing to me and really interesting. And that's why I do want to talk about this specific scene, because even though I don't know anything about who's in there, (laughs) I'm visually and emotionally engaged, trying to figure out if the good guy is going to survive.
1: Right. And you know, knowing nothing, who the good guy is also like there's no part of it where you're thinking oh ramsey bolton's the good guy and i think that's a mark of a lot of good tv and films too is when you can put it on just any scene and i think a scene being a story in and of itself is an incredibly common thing that you'll find between most great movies
0: should we do a quick setup of game of thrones and this battle scene
1: yeah so this is episode 59 and let's start with episode one (laughs) Um, (laughs) Now, I don't know. I mean, do we do we need to set it up? I'm I'm far from understanding everything that's happening in Game of Thrones, who's who. But one thing that's very clear is that for these 59 episodes, we have set up that Ramsay Bolton is a huge dickhead. Um, He's done monstrous and horrifying things. And we've been waiting for him to get taken out. Now we're finally seeing our hero. Jon Snow returning from the North Wall to have a crack at that and things don't go the way that we expect. But also the stakes, and I think that's what we're going to be talking about, is how the mission of the scene is so clear. Like, Ramsay just needs to die. And what a good job they do from a writing perspective of just heightening that and reinforcing and doubling down on the cards that are on the table with that death at the beginning of the scene and i don't know if much more needs to go into into like oh who john snow has rounded right. up or right. who yeah, I, so. is fighting.
0: I would just add that I'm basically reading wikipedia right now critics <laughs> describe the battle in the north as terrifying gripping and exhilarating the battle took 25 days to film Required five hundred extras, six hundred crew members, and seventy horses. the episode had a viewership of seven point six six million in the initial broadcast in the u s
1: which would be canceled uh, any decade <laughs> leading up to this century. That would be a miserable failure, but now that 's pretty amazing. forty million used to be used to be like twenty to thirty to stay on the air.
0: Right. I can add to that. So if somebody wants to add it to Wikipedia, the editor reported that it took also 25 days to edit.
1: Wow, which is weird that one day of editing for each day of shooting, usually it's like a week of editing for each day of shooting.
0: Yeah, TV, they have to really edit fast. And he was saying he was always trying to stay up to dailies, meaning whatever dailies he got that day, he was immediately getting it sorted, starting to do an assembly of it. So that he could just be up to date and report back immediately if certain things don't seem to work right from the get-go or if there's any problems. The The other reason why he had to be super fast is because it immediately needed to go out to uh, graphics effects. So he barely Mm. had enough time to get it all together and then immediately it had to go to some other country where they were working on the effect shots. All right, so now that we've talked about all this, should we play the scene?
1: Yeah, go right ahead.
0: We're going to look at it together. You have the option to see it online as well. We'll include the link in three, two...
1: All right, so the troops are gathered along the tree line, and this appears to be John Snow's forces here. We're going from this huge, huge, huge bird's eye view, punching in, going tight on the faces of the participants.
0: A lot of moving shots Mm -hmm. passing by... What, I don't know what it is at this point, but it turns out to be the giant.
1: Yeah, and we're also establishing whose flag is whose, which team is which, even though I still have no idea later on.
0: <laughs> we see Jon Snow sort of behind his man, riding forward with his horse. To the mm-hmm. front of the line, this is when we reveal the giant for the first time. Two different angles, yeah. high angle, low angle.
1: Some more important characters. Another now, giant, Another giant shot.
0: <laughs> yeah, now we see the whole... We get a sense of the architecture of how many people there are.
1: Yeah. Now we see what we're up against. Yeah,
0: the other side. It's kind of a rising shot, a drone shot, where it goes from the back of Jon Snow all the way up into the sky and see the other army... We cut you a shot of a burned body, still burning, and then in the background, out of focus, we see the the opposing side. The defending side. The defending side, okay. They look way more organized. They all look the same. They're all clean. They all are armored.
1: These shields should have been a big clue. We just saw those shields, yet Jon Snow had no idea how those might end up being used.
0: Then we reveal the supervillain, and we only see body parts of his horse and himself. He's dragging something behind him on a leash. Now we see his face in a profile and we still don't know what he's dragging behind him. Camera's approaching from like the feet of his soldiers and he steps forward with the horse holding the leash and we don't see what he's holding. Gets off his horse.
1: Uh, Just because he's such a treacherous character, they're really milking this idea of we can set up what it is. You know, people are going to be thinking, oh, it could be anything. And now we see Jon Snow's reaction, which is interesting because a lot of this is now going to be told through his reactions. And that might be a little part of this scene that I take issue with. I'll be honest just in terms of like I understand emotionally he's like oh shit it's my brother my sister was right I should have listened to her this guy's tricky or cousin or whatever and this is a scene where the knife is raised yes. we think he's gonna just kill him right in front of him but no Ramsey's much more mischievous than that I feel like if I was at the distance he is at I feel like what they hint at with the editing here I felt like with this the implication is that he's disemboweled in the way that the ropes fall there. Okay. I don't even know from that distance if I would uh, know that he hadn't been killed if I was Jon Snow. You
0: like games, yep. little man? Should we pause at this I point and it. talk a little <laughs> sure. bit about some of the things we've seen?
1: Yeah, go right ahead. Okay. At w- 331 is
0: where I'm paused. Okay, I'm at 334. So somewhere in there. So everything we've seen so far, starting with, like, bird's eye view, white shot establishing lots of moving shots it's very very quiet and then the way that the hero and the villain are introduced there's a symmetry to it and there's a very like nice calm before the storm feel to it how do you feel about it Tyler do you think they did a good job You know,
1: to some extent, it's just about hitting those story points and stuff like that. And they're also banking for the the big expensive stuff that's about to come.
0: Yeah, what I really like about it is we're at 3 minutes 30 and it doesn't feel like time has passed. It feels like 30 seconds to me. Mm -hmm. It's so cinematic. The moving shots across the army. It works so well that we don't get bored and we don't have to say anything. We can just experience it. That's really great editing when you can just... Tell the story visually, let it be what it is. It feels like we're not rushing anything and it feels not like it's overindulgent, just right.
1: All building up to a big story point reveal of who does he have and how will Jon Snow react to that new information in this scene. Things are constantly going sideways, sideways so that's always good.
0: Yeah. Visually, yeah. it's also really good how, even though in terms of the color, it's all sort of the same, you still mm-hmm. notice a difference between the good guys and the bad guys. For example, the good guys all look like just wildlings, like not very organized, even though there's some, some formation to it. Everybody's an individual. They're scarred and weathered. And the other guys, they just look like a irregular army, kind of like so Ro- some- Romans almost.
1: Yeah, which is
0: fitting considering their battle style.
1: Now, Wildlings, is that something you said because you watched the show or is that just a phrase you made up?
0: I might have read that in, uh, on Wikipedia. Oh, okay. Why so is that what that's they're liter- called? Literally,
1: well, uh, one of the factions that Jon Snow is commanding is now the Wildlings. Okay. All right, You so ready to continue? Yeah, I'm
0: at 333. In 3, okay. 2... The sooner you make it to him, the sooner you get to see him again. So now we're entering the second part of the scene where it's about that kid trying to run across the field and Ramsey is telling him, you gotta run and if you make it over there, you'll live. No, you have to run. And and you
1: also have to run in a straight line <laughs> only. Okay,
0: I was going to talk about it. That's that's like a yeah. big, big flaw. Jon Snow this. is
1: an idiot, right? Jon yeah. Snow is not a good battle strategist.
0: This I, I, this is such a big deal, but uh, we'll get to it. So, <laughs> so Jon Snow jumps on a horse, and he tries to get towards what you said is his brother. Is that what it is? And trying to save know. him while uh, Ramsay is now starting to... Uh, shoot some errors at him as he's running. And of course the first one misses him, barely. But at that point... as he's toying. Sh- shouldn't uh, the kid think, you know what, I should not be running in a straight line. Uh, or I should. maybe Jon Snow
1: would scream it, move, <laughs> go left and right. I guess he's too far right there.
0: Yeah, like, put some serpentines in there. C- keep us... <laughs> <laughs> Yeah. (laughs) Keep it surprising. But no, he's just running in a straight line, and Ramsey keeps missing.
1: Yeah. And, I mean, the thing with Ramsey is I feel like even if he was running jaggedly, he could just... But the cool thing with the timing of this is he shot the second arrow a minute ago. Here's the third arrow. This, I think, is the second arrow that lands. That was the second arrow. The third arrow has already been fired, and I think it's going to hit him. It's great suspensefully, but it also works out realistically.
0: Can we pause here for a second? Sure. 5.28? Perfect. I didn't get that, that the second arrow, because I felt like they never showed the second arrow land, but you're right, it's Mm -hmm. the one that just misses him by a hair, and then he runs past it and breaks it as he like hits it. Yeah, That's Which great. Is f- totally missed it.
1: But it's fun also because it could also be that Ramsey was just, you know, fired a third arrow that we didn't see, but also even if that was the case, I like the idea with the editing that Tim Porter made the decision to Make the third arrow be the one that was already fired, and how perfectly this is all planned out on Ramsey's part,
0: yeah, I mean maybe that 's the attempt to really tell the story in three beats mm-hmm. that makes total sense. I just felt like the second arrow, just we never showed what happened to it, but I guess the time the timing was a little off, but it's it 's been long he 's been running longer, so that kind of makes sense, I guess, after the fact
1: yeah, and I think that the suspense moment aspect of it of tricking you to think oh he made it like no one's questioning that the kid gets pegged by a third arrow but the yeah. fact that there's that underlying truth to it which is oh that's when we saw him fire I don't think it matters here nor there yeah. it's a weird choice not to show him fire it but I think that maybe listening to it at full volume or something it's pretty clear that, that those are the three
0: now as an editor if I had the chance to be part of a, what they call a tone meeting which is when the showrunner and the director sit together and discuss the episode they're about to shoot, they go through Mm -hmm. each scene. Many times the editor gets invited to these meetings. Mm -hmm. If I would have felt like I could voice an opinion, storytelling always needs to be plausible but surprising. The plausible part here is he's running, the guy is shooting the arrows, and eventually he might hit the guy. That's what I'm expecting to happen, right? Mm -hmm. Now, that's not very surprising. It's exactly played out that way. Yes, it takes him three arrows to hit the guy, but we as an audience, we're not surprised all that much that at the end the guy dies because that's kind of what we're expecting. So as a storyteller, you have to, even though that's the outcome you need, you have to say, how do you tell the story in a way that the audience still gets this experience of, ah, he got away and, oh shit, I didn't see this one coming. Right. As an editor, I would have said, well, how can we tell this in a way that it is surprising? So for example... What if there was another soldier that embedded himself, like buried himself into a hole right there at that point or close enough uh, that would then just come out and finish the guy off once he is safe, so to say, like the arrows can't reach him anymore. So a scenario like this, yes, you could argue, well, it's really, it needs to be the villain that goes for the kill. That's just one example of saying, how do you get to the same result, but do it in a way that it is surprising?
1: Yeah, well, I think the I think the surprise is the fact that the kid's alive at all. That that he I think the thing with Ramsey is everything about him is about torturing and manipulating and and deceiving and tricking and every time he tortures someone or like mutilates their genitals, it'll come after he's brought in three women to arouse them or something like that. So in terms of his character, this makes sense. And I think the surprise, if anything, to me watching it was. Oh, holy crap! He actually got so close. Like he, and of course, we—he wasn't missing with those first two arrows. He was either coordinating his his shot, or you know, forcing the kid to keep running. Maybe to some extent, keeping him running in a straight line because they're landing to his left. And I think the only surprise to me was, oh, he's actually going to make it. And then, oh, damn! The more surprising things that Jon Snow you, didn't have a better plan to combat. Yeah this. is there any
0: is there any visual clue that he intentionally missed
1: no but it's just knowing the character uh and that's that's subjective on my part but there's no way he would and the other thing with it is you're realizing to some extent oh wow we really are in his battlefield field and we're totally in his control because there's no way he would have just stabbed him there like he his ultimate satisfaction is this kid dying within arm's reach of Jon Snow. That's the ultimate psychological victory for this battle. Right, Um, And then Snow's stranded also, who really has no idea what he's dealing with, how woefully unprepared he is.
0: If it really was intentional that Ramsay missed, I would have liked to see visual clues that tell me that. Right. Like maybe a shot of him aiming to a specific point, and just before he does, he like intentionally veers off a few degrees and then releases the error stuff like that to because that's sure. a great character choice to miss intentionally but, but um, yeah that, that could for be sure. that could be told that's but really-
1: yet also there's something fun about the fact you're sitting there with your 25 days to edit with the footage it is an editing choice to make is what is actually more effective and surprising in terms of the audience and this is a conversation that maybe would happen editing it is the idea that he's clearly making the choice to miss or the idea that with every arrow shot, the audience is like, Oh, this is the one yep. he he decided to kill him now. And then, Oh, he didn't. It, it always felt in his control to me, but again, that's totally subjective. So then yeah. you have to decide which surprise you want that it's yeah. clear he's toying with him, or like, Oh, it's going to get him. And then, Oh shit, he actually escaped. Maybe it wouldn't have worked that feeling that he made it if they hadn't have tricked the editing in that way of this second arrow happening after, be, after the third one is fired and, and stuff like that.
0: Yeah, definitely so, something to examine more closely is really the pacing and the rhythm of that scene.
1: Yeah, and then also the fact that Snow is now clearly in range. It wasn't even a strain on him to hit the brother, and yet he doesn't take the shot at Jon Snow. He never takes the shot at Jon Snow.
0: Yeah, so at 5.23 he gets shot, and at 5.25 is where we're going to pick it up in 3 2 so camera moves in on the kid as he's dying slow-mo of Jon Snow on the horse he's like oh my god he's really dying low angle at him and then his POV of the kid dying and the cloud
1: passes over him which was done in post probably
0: yes beautiful
1: everyone's shocked he's realizing oh he is as bad as i was told and he's saying yep i did that shit on purpose i mean that's what that shot looks like to me
0: it's a standoff they're staring at each other and they're intercutting yeah. another guy who i guess is the leader of his the wilding baby the wild wildlings, wildlings? <laughs> yeah yeah
1: <laughs> so uh, so here he and ramsey smiles that's what makes me think all this was part of his plan there's no way he was missing Snow is just perfectly in his trap it's, it's ridiculous And now the other thing that we're learning The degree to his plan is now these arrows are landing behind Jon Snow Or right. he knows the only way to avoid getting hit himself Is to run towards Ramsey So it's like this big noose that's being tightened Yeah. So Ramsey's Ramsey. arm, army
0: just shot a bunch of arrows He misses them oh. and now They just run towards each other The two opposing armies
1: Well, the one army with a really crappy leader that's now put themselves at the risk of dying on the battlefield, that army runs towards the other one. The other one executes their next chess move.
0: Yeah, (laughs) we're intercutting slow-mo shots of profile horses with high shutter speed shots. Mm
1: -hmm.
0: Oh yeah, I guess the other army is still just hanging there. Shooting more arrows. Yeah.
1: Oh, now they take him off his horse, which is amazing. He's still yeah. alive. What
0: are the chances? His horse dies, but he's still alive.
1: And they couldn't fire straight. Like, Ramsey was firing at a, low, at a straight angle, and these guys have to fire high, like Jon Snow would be dead if they fired straight. I mean, it has to be a plan, right?
0: Sure. So he, mm-hmm. he's fallen off his horse. He gets back up, and he faces the oncoming onslaught of what are those these horse riders what do you call Mm -hmm. that horsemen
1: oh the cavalry
0: cavalry beautiful and (laughs) he decides okay i'm gonna take them all on uh he's drawing his sword and it's a beautiful shot from behind he's in focus and this army is just like soft focus a long lens as they're approaching him and he's like getting ready to fight whoever he can but really knows he's gonna die in just a second
1: yeah. Again. Die again. Spoiler alert. Yeah. Um, okay, so let's stop it there. Because yeah. I think that's the surprise you were looking for in this scene is that was a big shock watching it. Of Oh, crap. There, this battle has begun, which is, you know, there's so much character setting up in the beginning of that and the emotional stakes and just that the flag that is planted that's like Ramsey has to die. And that's Jon Snow's mission through this whole thing, which it was before, but now... It's just so super clear. So every all this crazy battle stuff that happens now, there's that very clear goal through this entire battle. That's not a big goal of our team needs to win, we need to take back Winterfell, it's this person needs to put you know sharp metal into this person specifically. So that's really kind of the emotional undercurrent that we're we're writing and constantly surprised and shocked at at the way things are escalating.
0: So let's break it apart a little bit. Just focusing cool. on this section, which is kind of at six seventeen. So we we see a profile shot of the archers drawing their bows. What's interesting about watching this sequence of them drawing and aiming and firing and then seeing the arrows flying in the air and then seeing them fly past Jon Snow. That's a really clean way that this was edited where we exactly know where we are and what the relationship is between the characters. So we start off with a profile of this line of archers cut to behind the kind of silhouettes as they're drawing and pointing the bow into the sky. Then we cut to high angle shot. This is all cut on action. So as they're moving up the bow, we're seeing a wide shot of them aiming and the arrows. Mm-hmm. And this is amazing. The arrows basically fly through the camera. The camera is like 300 feet away or more. The arrows fly into the camera. Then we see a low-angle shot into the sky. In the foreground is that burning body, and we see the arrows take off, fly in the sky. Cut to Jon Snow, his reaction, oh shit, they're coming. He (laughs) rides out of the shot. We go to a wide-profile shot of him in this empty field running towards the army. From behind, we see the arrows hitting his brother. Assumingly, that's his brother. Right. So it's just beautiful how the camera moves around this field with the errors to really pick up what's happening and then the reaction of Jon Snow.
1: Right. And then also, just for filmmakers, directors, and editors, how important those, because I forget if there's an important character hanging upside down, burning from those crosses or something, but what a great landmark they provide for the storytelling in terms of knowing where the characters are. Because when you see the arrows pass through the air with that landmark that's been set up so clearly in the scene of a burning cross, you kind of know how much closer to each other things are getting and where everything is in relation to itself in in the scene, which is a really valuable thing to have because they're really the only thing that's not mobile in this entire scene.
0: For sure. These are all very important things to think about when you're cutting the scene in terms of the screen direction. People are constantly looking left to right or right to left depending on whether they're the good guys or the bad guys and then using the projectiles to use as cutting points for moving the camera around in the field and establish the architecture.
1: Yeah, and we can talk about where the screen direction gets a little confusing later, but you still understand, not confusing in terms of what's happening, it's always very clear with the pile of bodies and the shields surrounding everybody, which way everything's facing, it's just a little confusing in terms of a plan on uh, Ramsey's part and on Jon Snow's part, too. I mean, you get outflanked like that? Good Lord. There's literally a guy in a few minutes that's like, wait a second, we could make even worse military decisions right now. Charge! (laughs) I think that's the line. Or it's like, what are we doing just standing here? It's like, yeah, you're the flank, you idiot. (laughs) Sorry. (laughs) Everyone would be alive if those guys stayed their ground. But I'll (laughs) save it. I'll save it. I'll save it.
0: (laughs) Okay, I think we can basically move on. I mean, these horse riding shots are really beautiful and they're milking the drama here by slow-mo intercutting it with the high-speed shutter that's one
1: of the thing that this scene really sets up clearly and milks is the example of just the speed of combat and how that feels so much more sudden and intense by having the slow stuff leading into full-speed battle which you don't often get to see in in film and even tv because it's just so hard to pull off
0: and it's also important because we are facing a battle that's going to be 20 plus minutes to really take these dynamic ups and downs seriously.
1: What do you mean by ups and
0: downs? Like the fact that it's fast and it's slow, it's loud and it's quiet. All that stuff is really, really important so that people stay engaged, that they don't lose, that they don't get overwhelmed. So oftentimes I feel like when I watch a battle scene in a big blockbuster movie i just get bored and overwhelmed by the spectacle not enough outcome in terms of the narrative not enough change of characters while we just look at people fighting and here i think they did a really great job like the armies are charging or at least one side is and we cut to a really slow rising shot of john snow who has to like reconsider his options now that he survived this first line of errors and he's lost his brother I hope it's his brother. (laughs) He now really makes a decision whether he's going to go and run and we never expect him to run or to take on the challenge in which he does as a glorious hero he is.
1: Yeah, and then are there any other Tim Porter insights from this? From this part of this like 20-minute fucking battle we decided to
0: do? (laughs) To be honest, more so (laughs) with the actual battle. So I can hint (laughs) at some of the stuff. So for example... Whenever you see these horses, chances are fifty percent of the horses are not in the frame. They're like digital. Right. Whenever there's a collision between two horses, for sure one of the horses right. is not real. This kind of stuff.
1: First time I remember using digital, like digital doubles, basically like duplicating the battlefield. I feel like it was in Braveheart. was the first time they were able to really do that trick digitally. So battle all battles preceding that. I think Gandhi. Uh, was maybe the last movie to not have any digital effects of, like, a huge epic. So when you would see stuff like Ben-Hur and stuff like that, they had people there, even in in the audiences, or dummies at the very least.
0: Mm -hmm. But, I mean, nevertheless, they had 600 people shooting this for 25 days, so...
1: Yeah, yeah. No, I'm not knocking it.
0: Yeah, so that's that's sort of where we at. Okay, well, we
1: had a plan going into this just like Jon Snow did, and it went a little... We ended up just focusing on the beginning part. <laughs> but it's true to the scene, and we will be doing more on this scene in the near future.
0: Yes, this really deserves a couple of episodes so we can really dissect the different the three big parts that I see in this battle
1: and we're especially interested in your comments and feedback on the scene we know there's some real die hard Game of Thrones fanatics which I could be if I had the mental capacity for fill us in what we're wrong let us know some of the backstory we missed out on things that you picked out on things that you're aware of and we had a lot of uh, theories and conjecture about these scenes but it'd be really cool to hear what you think on the patreon feed
0: yeah so if you if you would like to leave a comment um you can do that on patreon this is an unlocked post so this is all public the podcast will always be public i really want to encourage you to start a discussion watch the scene let us know if there are certain cuts that are worth analyzing more closely and uh, and let
1: us know if you know the relation between the young boy (laughs) and Jon snow we
0: (laughs) is it his brother wasn't his brother, didn't he not walk? Is that the same kid? There's a lot of family. No, that's another brother, okay. half-brother. He's not even... A, uh, there's a whole thing.
1: There's a whole thing. Yeah. <laughs> Oh, it all God. ends in incest. That's all I can say.
0: Let us know if we completely failed at doing justice to the Game <laughs> of Thrones series. And happy editing.
1: And uh, next week we'll be talking about a light comedy scene. I don't know which one, but we're going to be changing pace and <laughs> doing a comedy scene for the love of God.
0: Yes, please.
1: Maybe Borat. Should we do a scene from Borat?
0: Sure. That sounds great. Yeah, why
1: not? Sasha Baron Cohen's back.
0: Also, we really enjoyed reading the comments on the previous podcast. We actually already have a few hundred people listening to the stuff that's really exciting and especially for 12 years a slave there were some some discussion is it really an edit is it not somebody said no it's not edited it's a winner because the background doesn't change and we said we think the background it doesn't change we agree but it's still cut and i actually went back in there and looked frame by frame and i could actually see that at the moment when uh, fassbender is whipping there is actually a still frame of his face cut into the motion. So there's a three-frame still of his face that is super sharp and focused and a little closer than the rest, and then it cuts back to the motion. Wow. That's what I saw, and that's what I'm standing with. It's a cut.
1: And then also on Patreon, there's a consensus that Sam Neill didn't go too big in his performance in the Jurassic Park one. Nice.
0: Jurassic- <laughs> All right, Tyler. Thanks so much, and I'll see you on the next one. It's and TV shows about no same put your head between the speakers. There's no same put your head between the speakers. Okay. I, I, um, I feel so bad for you. There's so much editing on this one. But know. It'll, um, it'll be good though.
1: Because of the work I'll put in this, if <laughs> I am offering a uh, filmmaking boot camp starting in October, if anyone's interested. You can sign up on my Patreon page. Look at that.
0: All right, I'm stopping this. Okay, good, me too. How long were we? Oh, shit, we're getting longer. This was a way too complicated scene.